Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation fan page podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland and proud supporter of Texas Tech University. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm R.C. Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's um, very hot. That's in my rainy day. I'm looking outside. It looks cloudy, but I mean, the last week and a half, it rained pretty much every every day. So, I feel like you started the last podcast we did with the same exact sentence. Well, this week it hasn't rained. It's just hot. Last week when we did it, it rained every day. But it might. I mean, it might rain now. We'll I feel see. like you're a really good advertisement. Why not to move to Houston? Um, personally, I mean. We're just out here living like Larry, man. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are outside walking. I've been walking, you know, riding my bike, things like that, keeping myself active. But, I mean, you can't do it when it's, it's what, 11 now? I mean, that the, the window now to, like, 3 is over. You can't do it between those times. I would even say, like, 4. Five, I would six, even say, like, till 6. 6. 6 is hot, but it's, like, reasonably hot. And, like, 2, 3, heat stroke, you know, passing know, out, man. things like know. that. Not, I'm, not, I'm just not going outside if I live in Houston. I would instantaneously start sweating every day of my life. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you'd be in a car, AC on, it's still hot. Like, it's just some, some things, you know, you just can't get around. It's like bills. You just can't get around them. You just have to just pay them. That's kind of what it is with Houston. You have to maneuver around it. I guess, man. I'm just not. Uh, this is just a. This is just an ad for me not to move to Houston with how hot it is and the humidity. Like I said last week, it's the armpit of Texas. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's smoking hot. Like it, yeah. it's uh, yeah. But on today's show, uh, we're gonna talk about a bunch of Texas Tech news. But first, uh, we have to bring this up, Tobias. We had sixteen thousand views on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's still going up. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that ridiculous. Number, yeah, it is ridiculous. But thank you, everyone that's been listening. You know, I guess it's kind of, it's just weird, you know, from, you know, we were doing it before, then now it's like, I mean, it's not even tripled. It's not, I mean, I can't even tell you what the number is. I'm mean, going to fun, but it's just, it's skyrocketing, I guess is the, the fair way to say. Yeah, I, I don't know what the word is either. After it's uh, past tripled and quadrupled, it, it becomes, you know, a little bit of an issue for me when it comes, you uh-huh. know to that kind of stuff. But 16,000, thank y'all so much for interacting with us as well on Facebook. Uh, we'll post every podcast we have on Facebook um, and you can check it out on Apple, Spotify. Be sure to go give us a five-star review and stuff like that. But be sure to check it out on Facebook too and go interact with us. That's where we'll be doing uh, most of the damage and be able to easy you know, access with us. And then you gotta go check out this new merch that we got. Do you see yeah. that stuff, Tobias? No, we have some, no, we have some dope merch. Um, I'm actually going to purchase a couple of those things myself because I need, I need more masks. But, yeah, definitely go out there and check out our merch. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, you got the tortilla mask. You got the mm-hmm. – uh, technically, it's not the Raider Red mustache, but it looks just like it. You got yeah. the Tech Chica instead of Topa Chica mask. Yeah. You got a lot of other things, LBK. Just be sure to go to the website and check it out, gunsupnation.com. Again, that's gunsupnation.com to check out the latest merch and the latest information on Texas Tech Athletics. On today's show, though, we will be talking about Josh Young and how he has made the Rangers 60-man player pool. Eric Monroe, a transfer from LSU for football. The Jonathan Kaminga saga that's been going on. 
Texas Tech baseball and where they rank in Baseball America's way too early rankings, a Brooke Canis update and how she is trying to become one of the few Red Raiders in volleyball history to have a feat that, well, she's already got, but trying to live up to it and make another team in the Big 12. And then Texas Tech football, where they're projected in terms of scheduling in the Big 12 for 2020. But Tobias, let's start with Josh Young. That was the big news that came out. Uh, he made the 60-man player pool for the Rangers, was actually at DH yesterday um, for the Rangers in an inter-squad matchup. So a little background on this for everybody, baseball and really, I guess, every sport right now is kind of adjusting to the COVID-19 virus and how they can allocate proper player totals to, you know, allow for if a positive test happens. And baseball has gone to a 60-man player pool. What you can do is there's still the 40-man roster. Those are the active players that can play in the big leagues. But there's also 20 other players that are kind of like your minor league system this year since minor league baseball has been canceled. Josh Young, the Rangers' top prospect, was one of those top 20 players to be added. Makes a lot of sense. The number five, the number 55 prospect in baseball and then the number one prospect in the Rangers' farm system. Um, it's very unlikely that he plays in the big leagues this year, but he does have a chance to buy. Yeah. I think he does, especially you know, with you know people like players now. You know, David Price was it yesterday or today? He yes, said he's man. not playing. Yeah, and I assume you know over the next couple of weeks, you know, guys are probably not going to play. Mike Trout also said he's um on the fence. So, yeah. so if I mean, I think a lot of things would have to happen, but it is possible. You know, if a couple of guys unfortunately get sick or a guy here, a guy there doesn't want to play, he could um have an opportunity. And I think Josh, if he does get that chance, he'll definitely make the best of his opportunity. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting. Um, season if it happens I'm, I'm very skeptical on this still yeah. happening especially with the news this morning that came out in baseball that some teams got tested on Friday and have yet to hear the results I mean I get it's a holiday weekend but if you're an independent group yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you have to, you have to test in when it's a multi-billion dollar business and they probably got a good contract with you um, and to right. play this out even further this is not MLB that's not getting the test back it, they hired an outside independent agency to do the test for them and this independent agency is yet to give the results back to major league baseball which is kind of alarming um you know that, that that's pretty alarming so another player just dropped out nick markakis an outfielder for the braves i expect a lot of this to continue to happen i mean you're seeing superstars get it already and you know freddie freeman the braves first baseman that's not that's not a nobody in terms of baseball that's a legit superstar you know multi-time all-star type guy um, it's going to be interesting. You mentioned Mike Trout. I'm very skeptical if baseball is going to happen, but as of right now on, what is this, July 6th, it's scheduled to happen, but a lot can change in a month and a half. One thing I don't understand is, so they gave them a 101-page book, right, about, you know, the rules, right? It was 101 pages, correct? That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was 101 pages. There was not, it was not mentioned one time in the little book what they can, what they can and can't do outside of the, the field. I feel yeah, like no, be... Baseball was one that uh, kind of allowed freedom to happen. They're not living in a bubble. I, I, I hear that, and, I, and I, like, I understand, but it's just like big picture, I think there needs to be some type. I know it's hard, I know it's hard to you know, put a regulation on the grown man, but for the sake of the circumstances that we're in, and you know, wanting to play the sport this year or this season, you're going, you should put some regulations on I don't know what those are specifically but you need to put some type of you know safeguard on that well I think the safeguard is they're getting tested multiple times a week 
Like, I don't think you can enter the yeah. facility unless you haven't been, te unless you've been tested. So, um, so there's that. So what about those, uh, is it FC Dallas? Did you see that story by FC Dallas? I did see that. Yeah, and then you see the story about uh, the boxer, how he, he tested positive before he got on the plane. He got, he got on the plane, landed, and he tested positive for it. So he had a false negative. So it was a yeah. matter of like 10 hours, you know, and, and FC Dallas played the same thing. You know, they got tested before they got on the bus or the plane. They got off, and like six of them tested positive for it. So it was like in a matter of, a, you know, a 10 to 12-hour period, you know, you're having a negative test to a positive test, and now, you know, you traveled on the plane with X amount of people. Now what happened? Well, that's the thing. The, the, a plane is just a bona fide Petri dish. Right. When you think about it, you, the air right. doesn't escape. It's just recycled right, right. air. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of things involved in this and things is obviously not the proper word, but there, there's just a lot of details, I should say, yeah. that are involved in this that haven't come out yet. And also mm -hmm. that you hope that these major, you know, you know, major commissioners have thought about you know roger goodell or that's adam silver rob manfred you right you hope they thought about this or at least not them but their team has thought about this because yeah in the grand scheme of things let's be honest like sports is important let's not get that yeah. twisted it, it helps stimulate economies across the country and oh, everything yeah. like that but is it important in terms of people's health absolutely not no, no it's not and I, that that's the thing where is this fine line going to happen where we're trying too hard for sports to happen because the American public wants it. And where's that fine line of we're not treating these athletes like people anymore. We're treating them strictly as entertainment. Yeah. You know, where, where is that fine line? And I don't know if we've reached it yet, but I do think that day is coming where we have to ask ourselves that because, you know, a lot of these people, like you said, David Price is one of them. They're just not going to play. And this yeah, isn't, this isn't just happening in baseball. I, I think this is going to happen in football. This is going to happen obviously in basketball. I, I think like yeah. half of the Nets team isn't going down to Orlando. Yeah. The majority, I mean, yeah, they're signing G League guys, you know, every other day, it seems like. Then, yeah. you know, Ariza dropped out recently. You know, Avery Bradley was one of the, one of the first guys that he's not playing, you know, several guys, uh, um, the, the Clippers backup guard, he's a, uh, he just tested positive. Landry Shaman, he just tested positive for it as well. So guys are, you know, then, then the point is now, if you get sick now, you're almost not going to play. Is Nikola oh, Jokic in the country yet? I haven't, last, I haven't, last I heard he was still in the server, they're not letting him come back yet. Yeah, because he, he tested positive, positive twice. Yeah, 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 so. Like, I mean, not, not positive twice, he still had it the same time, yeah, but the test yeah, that exactly. he took to see if he was right. done with it was still was a positive, positive, so. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't come over and he can't play, why play if you're the Denver Nuggets? Yeah. There's no point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, that's my point. And then the other issue is, I hate to, you know, be skeptical, but, you know, these are the questions that I think everyone should have. God forbid, but let's say the Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals, he tests positive. Well, if you're the Bucks, you know, your season's over. Yep. You know I mean, I don't, those guys aren't going to just quit, and I don't think Coach Budenholzer would tell them to do that, but it's just like, it's a mental type of... No, when you lose I'm, a top five player on yeah. the planet in the playoffs, yeah. yes, you your chances yeah. of winning a championship if you don't have another top what, 25 guy, right. go out the window. Yeah, then, you know, it's hard to be optimistic when things like that happen. Because, exactly. I mean, you, you, you're going to play hard, but it's like realistic. You know, we're playing the Clippers. We're probably not going to beat them if you're honestly playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And then uh, Michael, Michael Cole, the owner of Guns Up Nation, he sent us something where it looks like football might not happen until the spring mm. now for college football, which is ridiculously crazy. But on the college football note, um, Texas Tech 
Man, they're going big game hunting in the SEC when it yeah, comes yeah. to transfers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. got Townsend, and now they got another one, and Eric Monroe, a safety from the national championship team down there in Baton Rouge, and the Tigers at LSU. He's a six foot one eighty strong safety, originally from North Shore High School down in Houston. Um, and while being recruited in 2016, he was ranked the number one safety in his class, um, and he picked LSU over Texas A&M. I know every Red Raider will like that. Um, the real problem with Monroe is super talented guy, right? But he played a lot as a true freshman. He really did. Then yeah. he got hurt, redshirted. And when you get hurt at LSU and you redshirt, yeah. it's hard to get yeah. back on the field with all those five-star athletes. And that's really what happened to him. I mean, yeah, look at this pastor. Their best DB was a freshman, Stingley. Yeah. He'll, he'll be, a, whenever he's eligible, which is crazy, he has at least two more years left, he'll probably be a top seven pick. You know, and he's oh, a freshman. Absolutely. You know, Ed Delpit, second round pick. Christian Fulton, set top two pick. You know, they had they had what sixteen NFL players on this roster alone. I think was yeah. six or seven of them got drafted on defense. So just keep that, you know, in mind. Um, but yeah, like you said, when you get hurt to school like that, it's kinda this next guy in, you know, they have their third string players a five star. And you just you know, you just get pushed down a depth chart. So it's unfortunate for him. But one thing I want to bring up about him was two four seven. They have, I think, what, eight or nine, you know, skills that is for him. All of them except one, he had an eight or higher. His instincts were a 10. No, he, he's, he is an intelligent player. Sorry to interrupt, but he is an intelligent guy. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, his closing speed, nine. Playmaking, nine. Tackling, ball, steal, speed, and frame were an eight. I don't think that he had under an eight with his size of a seven because he's 180 pounds. But everything else was, you know, an eight. I think he's going to bring definitely some uh, – some versatility back there, especially with him and Fry back there. I want to see, you know, that could be a – I think Tech's going to be a little slept on this year. We're going to talk about that later. But I think he brings some unique versatility back there, especially with, you know, like you said, big game hunts. He's played against some big-time competition. I think he's definitely going to help our back line. No, he's he's a chess piece, man. He really is. Sure. You know, you, you think – you know, Douglas Coleman, he'll always have that memory of the Kansas game, and people will knock him forever for that, um, and rightfully so to some extent. But – when you look at what Monroe is as a football player, he's a chess piece. He can go down. He can rush the quarterback yeah. at six foot, 180. He can go back there and be a free safety type, but he can also come up and just pound a running back that does get to the second line of defense. And he can make it, you know, worth that his wild in terms of, holy crap, he just laid the wood on that guy, right? But also his ball instincts are just insane. You know, playing on special teams, people don't realize your ball instincts have to be pretty good. You have to, you're running full speed and yeah. you have to figure out a way to get around a guy to the ball. You know, yeah. ball instincts, people think about, oh, it's just in the air or, oh, you got to knock it down, stuff like that. There's, there's numerous ways to describe ball skills, right? This guy was getting compared to when he was getting recruited to LSU to a Super Bowl champion that Patrick Mahomes plays with right now. The honey badger. He was getting he was getting compared to him. Right? That doesn't go out the window in just four years. So there's obviously a reason for that. And obviously, you know, when you're at LSU, as you mentioned, Tobias, their third string guy is a five star. You know, right. if you put hit if you put their fourth string guy on Texas Tech, they're probably starting. Yeah. You know, no. probably, or at least have a really good shot to do it. Um, you know, yeah. the thing is, you know. A lot of Texas Tech fans, you know, they, they have, oh, my goodness, they're getting another five, washed-up five-star. You have to remember, a backup at LSU is a starter at Texas Tech any given day of the week. Then I'll, and I'll do this. How many five-stars do we have on the roster today? Right now? How many? How many? There's one. Yeah. And it's him. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, that, that's <laughs> my point. I was, I was like, I was like, Texas. I was like, Texans. We we should not and cannot be in the business of we're getting a washed up five star. That doesn't even make sense to me when you even say that out loud personally. But we're not in the business. We're not good enough to be turning away former five star. We're not. We should be not in that business yet. We're not good enough to, to do that. Yet. Yeah. No, I think really, I think this is a testament to Coach Wells and crew. I'm not sure exactly who was the one that recruited him, and it may have been Coach Wells himself, but you go out and you get guys from Alabama, LSU, mm-hmm. I don't give a damn if they're, you know, third-string guys. They're, Nick Saban wanted them, you know? There's yeah. obviously something good about this kid. You yeah. know, obviously not every guy Nick Saban gets works out. I get that, but there's obviously talent there. There's pedigree. Pedigree can be coached in a similar situation. If you give a guy a new opportunity and you put him in a new position, sometimes it clicks. It takes guys. You hear about, you know, guys in the wide receiver range in the NFL, like Devontae Parker, right? Devontae Parker was a bust, you know, for the first four years of his career. And then last year, he has a breakout year for the Miami Dolphins, right? It happens. Now, I'm not saying it's common. But it does happen, and I think if you give these guys opportunities to come play and actually be in pivotal roles in big situations, most of these guys rise to the top with the talent that they have. And I think Monroe, you're, you're telling me we're looking at the secondary right now. I know you loved your guy last year from Penn State out there at the CB position. Yeah, and then Fry is going to be on the other side of him. And now you're looking at Monroe in the back at safety. Like, I mean, you just have to find a free safety, and the free safety position, you know, for Tech has been pretty good. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys back there that are competing for this job, but you got three of the four secondary pieces locked up, not to mention you already have a nickel guy. I mean, there's a lot of guys right now that it's really taken shape. I think, you know, we'll talk about a little later and who our favorite transfer is uh, at Texas Tech, but there's one big position for me on the defense that stands out and my transfer is at that position, but I really think that Monroe is a great, great ad for Texas Tech because he does take that Douglas Coleman and Adrian right. Fry role from last year. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, we talked about it earlier. Wells, they're going big fish hunting, and they're the, the reeling them in. He also – we haven't even talked about this guy. They signed a linebacker just early in the summer from uh, Michigan State. He transferred there as yes. well. We have another linebacker coming from Duke. Three-star. You know, three-star yeah, recruit. Three on, star. And then the Duke one was a two-star recruit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely – he's going after these guys, these big, you know, Michigan State, they haven't been good the past couple of years, but it's still Michigan State football, and they are in the Big Ten. So, you know, he's bringing in these guys from these big pedigree conferences and big pedigree schools. So, but I agree. I think Morrow's definitely going to be, like you said, a chess piece back, and he's definitely going to help us. Like you said, you have three of the four positions locked up. I, I like my chances. And also, what is, you know, Big 12, you know, it's air raid. Everyone throws the ball pretty much for the most part. You need good DBs back there, to, you know, to help you. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, and I'm not trying to put this on Monroe, you know, he starts, and then we find out he's not good. He's depth. Yeah. You need depth, like you said, in the Big 12, because everybody's running some type of air raid, whether that's the spread or some facet of it. You have to have bodies back there. And then look at OU. They have this other guy. You know who he is, Spencer Rattler. I I think he'll be the projected starter. Stud. That guy, yeah, he's – I don't want to compare him to Kyler Murray, but he's very similar. do it. Do it. He's a – He's very, very similar. He looks, he, looks, he looks like him. He looks like him. So you're going to need someone out there that's going to be able to cover him in space and put a spy on him because if you don't, it's going to be hell to pay. No, uh the Rattler's sick. No, he's, he's insane. He's going to be the number one overall pick when he gets to leave um, in a year. He, you know, he, he's a true he's sophomore. Very, very, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned big game hunting, though, with Coach Wells. Well, Coach Beard's doing the same thing 
over in Texas Tech basketball. And the biggest fish that he's trying to land is the number one prospect from the 2021 20, class, now reclassified to 2020, Jonathan Kaminga. But um, this last second push that Coach Beard and crew had looks to be for not. Um, if you listen to Corey Evans, he's a basketball recruiting analyst expert over at Rivals.com. He gave the chances of Jonathan Kaminga playing college basketball about a 1% chance. And, you know, yeah. we've reported a couple times to buys that it was at 50% and then, you know, a 50-50 chance. And now, you know, obviously we're talking about kids here. They change their minds all the time. New yeah. information gets presented to them. This happens yeah. all the time. This is just the sports world we live in. But now it looks like maybe not the G League is the avenue he's going to go, but he might go to the National Basketball League down in Australia. Australia, or he might go play in Europe. And there's also been rumors that he might take his brother Joel with him. Yeah. I mean, the NBA, in the NBA you saw they did last year for Hampton. They gave him, what, a million? It was, it was pretty close. I think it was 750. Yeah, they gave him, they gave him, um, they gave him a nice little bag. And I think that Kaminga, I think he'll get more than that. So, Easy. Yeah, so, I mean – like you said, they're getting new information all the time. And, you know, it's kind of like with the NCAA. It's unfortunately, you know, with the G League coming to fruition, the NBA, people have done this before. The NCAA, they're kind of – they're taking somewhat of a backseat. You know, it's, it's been a long process for this to happen. But, you know, you can't – they're not paying players at the end of the day. And, you know, some of these guys like Kaminga, they have big brands at 15. Mikey Williams, he's 15, 16. He already has 2 million followers on Instagram. He's a yeah. kid. He, you know, three, four years ago, hell, he was still believing in Santa Claus. And this dude has two million followers. I mean, Imani Bates. Yeah, exactly. You know, committed to Michigan State. I, I loved how he put that on Sports Centers too, where he said, right now my decision is. Yeah. Like, that's how you're supposed to do it. You, there, there's people out there right now where if you put Imani Bates in this draft class in 2021, he's going first overall. Yeah, he's a he's – he's 16. A, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a, gener, he's a generational type talent. And also I think what the NCAA has to realize is, this isn't 1970s, 1980s anymore. These players, they have leverage. They're, they're, our generation are smarter than we've smarter than we ever been. You know, we're more creative than we have leverage now. They understand that like, I'm not just, you know, athlete, I'm going to go here for three to four years and just play for you. No, I have leverage now. I'm, I'm a brand. I am a brand now. I'm, you know, I'm very, very unique, and they're going to take advantage of that. I don't blame them for going to take them under somewhere else. Selfishly, do I want to see them play in the stage? Yes. But thinking over big picture and overall for the kid in circumstances, go get your money, man. You only can be a pro for so long. Go get it while you're young. That's what it comes down to. You know, um, you only have a limited window as an athlete to right. capitalize on, you know, monetary gain. You know, it's just, it's kind of like an accountant, right? You know, in the sense of an accountant can go for as long as they want till the day they die. Typically athletes don't do that. You know, unless you're like a golfer or something like that, maybe you can. But, you know, if you're a professional basketball player, there's no way – that you're going to be playing past, what, 42, 43? I mean, Vince right. Carter was probably the, the oldest you'll see for a while now. Yeah. Um, and especially with these guys becoming more and more athletic, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they develop their games. I think Vince Carter's kind of an anomaly, in my opinion, where, yeah, you know, he's a freak athlete, but he adapted to the league so well. Yeah, yeah he adapted three and four times. And, you know, some of these guys, like LeBron, Tom Brady, they're spending millions of dollars on their bodies a year. Yeah. You know, just to, just to stay, you know, healthy, you know, take care of themselves, you know. And those, you know, LeBron and Brady, these are two of the top ten, top five greatest athletes we've ever seen. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's things like that are protecting. And Vince Carter, like you said, he adapted several times. He's spending a lot of money on his body. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Kaminga lands, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to be Texas Tech. But Evans did say if he was to go to college, it would be at Texas Tech. So take that for what you want, Tech fans. Probably a little bit of salt in the wound right there. Um, again, be sure to go get our mask on our website at gunsupnation.com. Um, you can go there. There's tons of stuff on here. Honestly, I'm looking at it right now. These things are kind of ridiculous, Tobias. You know, um, we didn't come up with it. It was Kobe and it was Michael. We're not – we can't take any credit for it, honestly. But just looking at them is super, super cool. Like the the fabric-type options they ha we have and really just everything that's available, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I like a mask because it kind of – it resembles Texas Tech culture. You know, the tortillas, you know, the the, the little the beer, the things like that, that make Lubbock and Texas Tech unique. Yeah. Those things are the mask. So that's what I respect about it the most. Yeah, no, I mean, there's cool ones. Like, if you want to represent Lubbock, I mean, we got LBK ones on there with a bunch of different patterns in the B. I mean, we got a Howdy one on there, Teca Chico, Teca Chico. Then I think, honestly, looking at it, my favorite one is the emoji of a crab and then a tree. <laughs> That's probably like my that. favorite one. Yeah. You know, and, and then if you're a big George Strait fan, there's another one where it's like straight – and it's just Texas on there. I mean, we have a lot of options. Be sure to go check it out. Again, that's gunsupnation.com. And we'll be mentioning that on social media, too, if you go give us a follow. But we'll continue on. Uh, Texas Tech baseball um, got ranked second in Baseball America's recently released way too early top 25 for 2021. The Red Raiders are number one in the Big 12. The only team ahead of them in the entire country is the Florida Gators, who Texas Tech eliminated a couple years ago in the, in the College World Series. But you look at what Texas Tech is bringing back. They obviously lost Clayton Beater, who actually signed today well above slot, over 100K above slot. So congratulations to him. Bryce Bonin, who's already signed with the Reds. And then Klein and McMillan also signed for the $20,000 you can get as an undrafted free agent with the Nationals and the Royals, respectively. But, I mean, you look at what Texas Tech has right now in terms of returnees. You have Micah Dallas, who wasn't even at 100%, and Texas Tech was 18-3. and three. You know, you have Mason Montgomery coming back, Hunter Dobbins um, in the rotation most likely next year. You have Dylan Noisy, who decided to come back after not getting drafted. And then you got some young guys like Jace Young, uh, yeah. Nate Romback, and Cal Conley coming back. I mean, Texas Tech has already got a lot of pieces you know, in the foundation, ready to, you know, make that run, even if they didn't have a class coming in. But if you look at what Baseball America has in their top 500 rankings in terms of players coming in that were draft eligible or could go to college, Texas Tech has four arms in the top 500. And, you know, you have Brandon Bridsell, he's 145. You have Levi Wells, 211. Chase Hampton, 271. And then you have another right-handed pitcher in Brendan Gintern, He's 382. I mean, you have a lot of freshmen coming in that could make positive impacts. And if they don't, they get a red shirt and they get to learn from some of these veterans that get to come back for another year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we always trust Taylor to develop his talent, especially, you know, like you said, they, like most of our pitchers came back. Well, a good amount of them, I'll say, came back. But, you know, learning from, like you said, they red shirt, just sitting back for a year and just learning isn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I strongly recommend a red shirt. Not everyone can come play immediately, especially in the times we're in with so, many, so much depth. But, Coming in, learning from Queen, Dallas, you know, coming back next year, that's just that's why we're so good. You know, you just have depth. It's every, it's every single year. Like when the guy leaves, you know, they don't miss a beat because they've been prepared. They've, you know, they've studied, they've been registered. They've been, you know, registered for this moment. 
Yeah, you don't rebuild if when you're Texas Tech baseball. You only reload. Um, right, looking right. at the top 25 from Baseball America, Texas Tech comes in second. The next Big 12 team on the list is all the way down at 11, and it's the Longhorns down in Austin. The top 10 goes Florida, Texas Tech second, UCLA third, Old Miss fourth, Virginia fifth, LSU sixth, Louisville seven, Vanderbilt eight, Florida State nine, and then Arkansas rounded out the top 10 at number 10. But cool little nugget right there. I mean, like Baseball America said, it's, it's way too early to know what's going to happen here. But it's always fun, especially when there's no sports going on, to read these types of articles because at least it makes us feel like some type of sports is happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, we're definitely missing sports right now. I've been trying to, like, you know, the TVT's on. I've really been watching that every day, all day. Just to, Shout out to know, Roberson to yesterday. John Roberson. 26 points. Uh, he um he he's a bucket. He, he's, no, he's he's very good. He literally controlled the whole pace of the game. Yes, they couldn't they just couldn't guard him. And you see Zach, he had the TBT still what two days in. This is day three, but he had to dunk at the tournament so far. But that live, yeah, um, Justin Gracie, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I know he had what three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one to end it. Yeah, so unfortunately, Justin Gracie team they lost. They disappointed. And so did Robert Turner's. Robert Turner got eliminated, but they were a late add. Um, yeah, they were. They lost to CP3's team by uh, two points, I believe. Yeah. So but, um, the TBT has been fun, man. They have a game later on today, I think, at six or seven. So I'll definitely be tuning in for that. Yeah, I might have to check that out myself. Um, speaking of missing something, I'm going to be missing this in the fall for sure. That's going to be calling Texas Tech volleyball games. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Texas Tech volleyball, Brooke Canis was named to the All Big 12 preseason team, the outside hitter from Canyon, actually from Canyon High School, I should say New Braunfels, Texas. Um, the junior was named to the all Big 12 preseason team for the second year in a row. Canis, it's been a model of consistency as soon as she stepped foot on campus as a freshman. I mean, you listen to Coach Greystone or Coach Morgan Thomas. I mean, they love this girl. She's super athletic. I mean, got some serious bouncing, you know, a cornerstone for this Texas Tech program. And, you know, for me personally, we got to cover them a little bit more than a lot of people did, Tobias, you know, you lose arguably the greatest player in Texas Tech volleyball history in Emily Hill just due to graduation. Um, Brooke Canis looks to be the girl that's probably going to step up in that role, at least on the outside, and try and be, you know, the lead kill artist for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think she definitely has, like you said, the time to do it. Since, since her freshman year she stepped on campus, she's just been phenomenal. What I like about her the most is she kind of kills you with uh, with kindness. You know, she'll – she just, she's always smiling, like, you know, yeah. you know, we're out here competing. What are you smiling for? But then you see the result, and again, and again. And it's just like, I know there's the other side. I know it's probably kind of annoying because she's just smiling at you while she's destroying. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, she's, she's been absolutely lethal on the outside for Texas Tech, on that right side, right-handed for Brooke Kansas. I mean, you look at some of the names on there. You have Presley from Baylor, who, in my opinion, is the best player in the country. Um, she might be just – I, I, I don't know much about professional volleyball in the women's circuit, but you would have to think Yvonne Presley yeah. Um, yeah. is probably going to be top yeah. 10 as soon as she leaves yeah. Baylor. That, that, that girl's a freak. And yeah. if you're on a list with her, you know, good for you, Brooke. That's all I got to say. You know what I mean? Because when, when I saw Presley play last year, when number one Baylor came into Lubbock, it was quick three sets. And Presley, I'm telling you what, it, it damn near looked like she was going to jump over the net every time she went up for a kill. It was Michael Jordan and Space Jam type stuff from midcourt. It looked like her arms were just like go-go gadget. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's something when you have a basketball player, they're sitting there watching, they're like looking around like, who is this girl? You know, that type of thing. So, yeah, yes. her, her athletic ability is just second to none. Crazy, crazy tight bounce. But congratulations to Brooke Canis. That's awesome. Sophomore and junior year being named to the all Big 12 mm -hmm. preseason team. That's a hell of an accomplishment considering the history of Texas Tech volleyball. But Coach Tony Greystone and crew, especially Coach Morgan Thomas, they have that on the upswing. You got to go check them out this year for sure. One of the more fun teams to watch on campus. Mm -hmm. Now we'll move on to Texas Tech football as they were projected to have the weakest schedule in the Big 12. The Red Raiders are projected to have the 52nd most difficult schedule in the country. Um, yeah, if you look at the NCAA football strength of schedule or SOS, um, not a lot of love for the Red Raiders, but it's kind of interesting when you're looking at this list in terms of the Big 12, and we have it on the website, gunsupnation.com, if you want to go check out the article. You know, you would think that Texas and Oklahoma might be, you know, number one in terms of strength of schedule. It's not. It, it's, it's Kansas and West Virginia at 18 and 21, really? respectively, nationally. Who is who – is who is Kansas and West Virginia playing that have them so I'm high? not sure. I haven't looked at Kansas's schedule. But, I mean, for me, when you look at it, it was very interesting. You know, those are historically, at least Kansas, not the best football program. They obviously have had some success. West Virginia, this is supposed to be a down year for them. TCU is third at number 24 in the country. Then Baylor. We have no idea what Baylor is going to be, by the way. You know, especially yeah. when you lose Matt Rule, the AKA yeah. the vest man. That vest yeah. That, that, that windbreaker vest, man, it, get, it gets me every time. Uh, shout out to my former roommate, Sam, who hates that, by the way. Um, and then Kansas State, they're right in the middle of the pack with Oklahoma. There's a three-team run, actually, from 37 to 39. It goes K-State, Oklahoma, Texas. And then a little bit of a drop-off goes to the Cyclones at 46, Oklahoma State at 49. That's the team to watch. You know, if you're asking me right now on July 6th, who I think is going to win the Big 12, I might go with Oklahoma State just because of the talent they brought back. And then Texas Tech rounds out the pack in the Big 12 at 52. But my question to you, Tobias, with this is, I don't think this is a bad thing. Do you? No, I mean, us, I mean Tech football, they're going to be slept on. I don't think it is a bad thing. I mean, you have to beat the guys on your schedule, you know? And, exactly. You know, so, fine. You know, we'll be underrated. Cool. But, if you know, we're winning majority of those games, that'll help us, you know, in the long run. Um, I was just look. I was just looking at Kansas football schedule. They played Boston College, okay. West Virginia, they played Florida State. Fine, Florida State's not that good anymore, but whatever. I, I see. I guess. I guess I can see what the hype's coming from. But yeah, I think that us being something will help us, you know, in the long run. You help, then also help us get a, um, you know, get some chemistry together. We have a bunch of new pieces coming in, people coming back. You know, hopefully Bowman can stay healthy. We need to make sure we get our chemistry right. So playing the easier schedule. I think that might play in our favor. And also, we have a bunch of the good teams this year, you know, it flips. OU, it's Texas, they come, yeah, they come, they come at home. So we definitely need to be prepared for that. No, I think the um, biggest aspect of the schedule, other than the one that you just mentioned, in terms of, you know, the harder teams come to Lubbock, and it's always hard to play in the 806, everybody yeah. knows that, is Texas Tech only has one road game between September 12th and October 24th. Hmm. So there's, there's some home cooking that can happen over a month and a half right there. The only time that they leave the 806 is to go to Ames on September 26th. So this could really be a year where, you know, Matt Wells and crew, they finally get those, uh, you know, guys in there. Now the problem is, how is this pandemic going to impact that? Because you lost a lot of spring practice. 
you lost a lot of that chemistry building time, but you know, the facilities are still technically open at Texas tech. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, where you can go in there and do individually based stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's good, but I'm, I'm curious to see, I think it's actually a positive, you know, a lot of people look at strength of schedule, especially in basketball. And it's a big deal where, cause of where Texas tech is nationally, but where Texas tech is nationally in football, 52nd isn't bad. You just no, need to go out it. there and play the teams on there, get in a good groove, and have this be a foundation season where you get confidence, and this is kind of that snowball effect moving forward for Matt Wells and crew. I mean, I'm not going to compare Texas Tech football to Clemson, but their strength of schedule is never that good. Yeah, they no, don't, well, they don't, yeah. powerhouse, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they win national championship. But I'm saying as far as, like, you know, they're not playing this outrageous, you know, schedule. Sure. Not, you know, they don't – so – I'm not, like I said, I'm not comparing the two programs just that, you know, that does, that's not the, it's not the end all because it's not the, the full story. So like, I agree with everything you said. For sure. But Tobias, before we get into which transfer we are most looking forward to watching this upcoming year for Texas Tech, I want to thank today's sponsor of the podcast, H2O Floats. Red Raider Nation, it's hot out there. You have the AC cranking, especially Tobias down there in Houston where it's the armpit of Texas. I'm telling you what, he definitely has a dripping bead of sweat coming down his brow every time he steps foot out there. So there's no doubt, right, Tobias, it's summertime. Well, summertime, you definitely need to go out and get you a flow. This, uh, I wish we had a pool. We have a bunch of grass in the backyard. We don't have a pool, but if I had one. Grass. What, yeah, what kind no, of Texan no. are you? Unbelievable right there. Unbelievable. But the one thing we all want right now is to get away, cool off in our backyard, unless you're Tobias, because he has grass back there, and be, a relax, be at a relaxing lake or river, you know, as long as they're open. I know that Texas has got some restrictions on the rivers right now and the lakes, but socially distanced, of course. H2O Floats created your favorite college mascot as a pool float to help bring the fan experience to the water. So you can, you know, float on Raider Red in your backyard, and you can look at your, you know, backyard neighbor you know Jim and just be like yeah bro we went to tech we have Patrick Mahomes where did you go to school oh A&M okay yeah you can get out of here now dude whatever who'd you have Johnny Manziel he's playing golf now anyway that includes our very own mascot Raider Red now you don't have to wait until football season to show off in your backyard and your school spirit get your Raider Red pool float today at h2ofloats.com that's h2ofloats.com and tell them guns up nation sent you who, who wants to you know, live away from you can have a float? That doesn't even make sense. It's hot as hell outside. I'm telling you, I, I go to H2O Floats. You can check it out on the website, too. They got an ad on there. That's a legit float. Apparently, it's no, like six not. feet, bro. No, it's, no it's, a, it's a legit float. Like, my mom's getting the pool built, like, now. That's going to be one of our first investments, well, one of her first investments. I'm going to make sure I'm in that thing because it's hot out yes. here, and I need a pool. And when you do, you better tell them that Guns Up Nation sent you. Facts. There you go. All right, so – the main crux of the show today is which Texas Tech transfer are you most excited to watch play? So the criteria for this, it can be anybody on campus. We're talking men's basketball, football, baseball, whatever you want. Um, mine's going to kind of probably be off the wall. I think I know where Tobias will go. I'm assuming he's going to go basketball, but I could be wrong. Um, but I'll let Tobias go first. But before, before we do that, Tobias, I think we need to list out some of the major transfers, especially in the major sports that have come um, to Texas Tech. So in basketball, we know the big three. It's McClung, Santos Silva, and then Burton. It looks like McClung will get the waiver. Burton, probably not. But those guys will have to opt, you know, to sit a year if they don't get the waiver. Santos Silva, grad transfer. He has one year of eligibility left. Football, we have Eric Monroe. We already talked about him. He has one year of eligibility left. We have Chadarius Townsend, 
a running back slash wide receiver from Alabama. He's a grad transfer, but he's got two years of eligibility left. And then there's others as well. But those are really the big ones that stand out. Tobias, did you pick one of those five or did you go elsewhere? Uh, I picked one of those five. Which five? Did, which one of the five did you pick? I picked uh, Mac McClung. And I'm going to tell you, there's, none, there's more off the court than it is uh, on. I picked Mac because, well, one, he's um, his brand is huge. He has 745,000 followers on Instagram. He has, I think, 57 on Twitter. I've actually been told, I think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, tech basketball for an upcoming program, there's going to be a bunch of um, celebrities that want to come watch him play in person if he can uh, get the waiver. So I think that what McClung will do for his brand, that will rub off on Texas Tech basketball and the school as a whole. So I think you're going to start seeing, you know, a bunch of heavy hitters come to Lovett or come to wherever Tech is playing to watch him play and the team. Also, you know, there's been a bunch of fans, you know, a bunch of just you know, like national attention. They've been following, you know, the program closely, especially since he committed. So I think that his brand, you know, players, you know, players, they make brands. They make, they make teams. And I think that he will be able to help this program grow and go to that next level. Because, you know, Kentucky, they have stars. Yes. You know, they have some in the NBA. They have five recruits every year. For your program to grow and to be successful, I think you need star power. When you have a guy like that has a bunch of national attention, I mean, even now, people like Overtime Sports, uh, Bleacher Report, they're still posting videos of Mac McClung every day strictly because of um, the dunks that he's done before. That right there, will all, he's going to have crazy dunks this year. That will come to Texas Tech. That will get, get our school a lot more attention. So I think that you're going to see Tech this year. I think they're going to take a step up as far as, you know, being a popularized basketball program. I think that's why I picked it. Yeah, no, I mean, and just to talk about McClung a little more, he averaged 14.2 points, 2.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists in his two years at Georgetown before his season was cut short due to a foot injury. That's completely healed from everything that we've heard. Uh, but you mentioned it. He's a high flyer and a prolific dunker, but that's not all he is. You know, a lot of people have been talking about his defense and want to. Well, I promise you, if he didn't want to play defense, he would not have come to Texas Tech. Simple and plain. That's just how that works. Did you hear why he uh, chose to come to Tech? No. What was the reason? So originally he was um, he was skeptical about coming. You know he didn't he didn't he didn't see his fit. Like he didn't, he wasn't sure. Oh, I'm going to fit. There's a lot of guards here. He said what sold him was the Texas Tech community as far as the basketball players, the current and former player. He said all of them reached out to him personally. Cover, Zaire Smith, Tariq Owens, Mooney, Kyler Edwards, the guys on this year's team. They all were ding ding him personally, texting him, calling him, adding him on Twitter. He said that's what put Tech over the top because he saw that this community is like a is very family based. And even though despite knowing how he was fit, he felt the most comfortable being in love because of, you know, the family atmosphere that our own staff and players um, presented to him. So that right there, you know, Bid he's building, you know, you see before every game they run they run up and down the court arm in arm. That family, that culture that he's built, you know, once you establish a culture like that, everything will start to fall into place. And things like this happen. When you have that culture, you know, and some of these guys are transfers. Tariq, Mooney, they were only there a year, but they bought into Beard's philosophy and that culture so quickly, and look what happened. Yeah, no, and um, it helps when you have the NFL MVP at you on Twitter, too. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is a big, yes, exactly. That's a big <laughs> so I kind of went off the script. I was teasing uh, both you and Michael Tobias about who I picked um, yeah. for mine. See, I, I don't think you, I don't think you go wrong with any of those five options. I really don't. But this guy has been intriguing to me since I figured out he was coming to Texas Tech, um, and this guy's got probably the biggest shoes to fill out of anybody on this on this transfer list, right? Um, this guy has to replace the number uh, 
first round pick, only the second in NFL uh, from the NFL for Texas Tech football in terms of defense, right? Gabe Rivera was the other one. Other one was Jordan Brooks. So the guy that I'm talking about who I'm most excited to watch this year is Kershawn Merriweather, the inside linebacker from Garden City Community College. Um, guy's a stud, man. When you look at him, you know, led the nation in tackles as a sophomore and route to garnering, uh, you know, National Junior College All-American all second team. He also was a first team all-conference in the most prestigious I might add, JUCO conference there is, which is the Jake Jayhawk conference, which is up there in Kansas. I know a lot of people know this one because, well, they watched Last Chance U. That's yeah. what the conference was that they played in. Over 11 games, guys, he had 153 tackles, 10 of them for loss and 3.5 sacks. Like, a lot of people are going to talk about Rico Jeffers, right? Yeah. Understandably so. Rico's is a great player. He's a senior. People, I, I don't think people realize that. Rico Jeffers is a senior. Yeah, when you yeah when you even said he's a senior, that kind of caught me up. Gosh, I felt like he's just a young guy out there, but he's he is a senior. Wow. Because he's always you know he's always been behind Dakota and, and you know Jordan, or it's always been behind Jordan, right? Yeah. So you have to think about that. But he's a senior. That's insane. So you get a guy that literally led junior college in tackles to come in and be that guy right next to him. I, I think that's great. You know, you look at Kershaw Merriweather and what he brings to the table. Um, he had twenty one tackles in a game. Right, he just flies over the field, man, all around it, um, and and he had twenty tackles in three different games mm. while he was up there at Garden City Community College. So I'm really interested to see what happens there. And for those people that are wondering, well, he's a transfer. How is it going to happen right now, especially in football with all this uncertainty? Well, the big thing for Merriweather, he showed up on campus in January, so he did get a little bit of time in person there, learn the playbook meet with Rico, meet with the linebackers coach, you know, really get to know the scheme a little bit. And he did get a couple of practices before they inevitably shut that down, you know. So I think when you look at Kershaw Merriweather and what he can bring to the table, I'm not saying that he's going to be Jordan Brooks. That would be ridiculous, right? Like, there's no way that happens. He's not going to be a first-round pick. But I think he could be Rico Jeffers to Rico Jeffers, if that makes sense. You know, he could be the Robin to Rico Jeffers who has to be Batman. You know, like, like you said, we talked about this earlier. You're going to have to have a guy that can tackle guys in space. Why? Spencer Rattler, uh, the quarterback from Oklahoma State. She's Purdy. A hover quarterback. Yeah, per yeah. Purdy, there's a the list of those on him. You're going to have to have a guy that can tackle in space. If this guy can play a silent and silent, I mean, clearly he has a nose for football. He did lead the country in tackles. We need him. You know, I, I, can't, but I can't stress that enough. We've seen what happens when Jordan Brooks got hurt, when Dakota didn't play. We saw what happened. We saw the result. Yeah, I don't think you guys want to – people remember when uh, Joe Mixon and Samaje Piran came out here, they walked to 300 yards. Piran did. He walked to 300 yards. That's what happens when you don't have the linebackers. So yeah. you need them. And like you said, Rico Jeffers being a senior, we're going to need someone after him that's going to be able to play a couple of years. Yeah, and, and Mary Weathers got two years of eligibility left. Right. So he'll at least be here. And then you look at some of the linebackers that, you know, are on the depth chart. It's kind of like the running back position. There's yeah. not a lot of depth there right now for Texas Tech. You know, running back more so. Um, they at least got helped out by Townsend, the transfer from Alabama. But mm -hmm. if you looked at those, you know, they're kind of thin. And like you said, you have to have bodies that can fly sideline to sideline, not just between the numbers here. You have to have every – and you need guys that can drop back into coverage. Rico's yeah. shown that he can do that a little bit. He's had some flaws there. But Merriweather, if you watch his tape, he can also do that a little bit too. 
but he's really going to be the enforcer. And I think that's really going to help Rico out because it's going to allow Rico to really command it. And then Merriweather go in there between the tackles and just lay some wood on some runners. And that's what Texas Tech has been missing to a degree. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see the chemistry between them. And I think Merriweather and uh, Rico is going to be a perfect match. Yeah. I want to see how Rico Jefferson, um, he plays because I think another good selling point for recruits that uh, Wells can use is that, you know, We've had, you know, under-recruited linebackers coming and they're going, they're getting drafted, but they're spending significant yeah. time in the NFL. I think that, you know, we'll, we have a couple of years, you know, to see what happens with these guys, but that could be a selling point. You know, these guys are coming and they're getting drafted. Jordan Brooks is a first-round pick. You know, these guys are going to the NFL and they're playing and they're staying as well. So yeah. I think that could be a selling point. You know, he might not be like the highest-recruited player, but the development that Tech has shown over the last, especially in the last three to four years, has been significant at that position. No, I think if Rico Jeffers has a big year, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he gets drafted. It won't be in the first round by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. I could see him from round five to seven. Yeah, I could see that. You know, um, and then Merriweather, I mean, he's just it, – it's, it's great to have two good linebackers in the third one. You know, we were, we were spoiled as Tech fans when you have Dakota Allen, Jordan Brooks, and Rico Jeffers all on one team. You knew that there was going to be two linebackers that you trusted at, on the field at all times. Well, I think you're going to have that now with Merriweather. It's just the problem of who's going to be that third linebacker because I think Rico and him are really, really going to do great things together. It's just, are we going to have a season now? Is really what it comes down to. You know, third, I mean, what's the guy? We, we loved him last year. He has super long on. What's his name? Um, he's young. Which he played one? last year. He played on the outside, outside line. Oh, another transfer. Um, oh, my goodness. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He caught super me off long. guard. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I think he'll be. I think he could be the third guy. Yeah, he had injury issues last year as well. Um, but yeah, no, he was a transfer as well. I for, oh my goodness, you're you're gonna, you're really gonna do that to me right now. Oh, yeah, Ingram, was it? No, it wasn't Ingram. It wasn't Ingram. No, I'm trying to think bad. who it is now. I got to go look at this now that you got there. But yeah, Kershaw Merriweather's there. Another guy that I like, the Michigan State guy that you mentioned. Yeah, you know Brandon Boyer Randall. He's got to be in the conversation as well, um, in terms of just, you know, getting playing time. Um, there's there's a lot of good transfers on this team. You look at it. You have McPherson. I know he's your guy. Uh, you yeah. really like him. Uh, he was from Penn State. He came last year though. You have Mannix from Nevada, right? You have Xavier White, Dodge City Community College. You have Kuntz, Ventura Community College. You're just going down the list. Thomas Leggett, uh, College. You know, he, he transferred in here. You know, you have another one in Taylor Knoll. He's going to be a backup quarterback, UT Permian Basin. You just keep going down the list on and on and on. And it's kind of like, wow, there's a lot of guys that transferred in here that you don't even realize. And then a guy that I totally forgot that transferred in here is Seth Collins. Yeah. Oh, he's Oregon State. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I totally he's, forgot he's about him. Xavier Benson. Xavier Benson. Yes. There you go. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys. You know the guy that I'm most looking forward to seeing if he's going to do anything? And he, he came from Utah State, um, Jamarius oh, yeah. Ingram. Yeah. I want to see if he can – Jamarcus Ingram. I'm sorry, I mispronounced his name that first time. But Jamarcus Ingram, I want to see if he can do anything because you're looking at the secondary right now. It's probably going to go Demarcus Fields in the nickel, I would guess. Right? Yeah. yeah and then maybe, maybe they move Fry out to the middle and they have Demarcus on the outside. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think they'll keep frowning. I would. I would yeah, keep I frowning. would too, especially after his first year, right? I mean, yeah, I, I it makes the most sense to me. Um, so you're just looking at it, right? You have 
some combination wherever they're playing McPherson Fry and then you have Fields I feel pretty comfortable with those three starting corners now could they get better obviously but those are pretty solid corners right now you have Monroe back there at the safety position who's going to play the other safety position the strong safety or the three safety position excuse me alongside him that's where the real question arises for me and I don't really know um, you know, you're looking at this roster up and down. There's a lot of guys that you like in the positions that they're in, but I, I don't know who they're going to put back there at the free safety position right now. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure who they are either right now, but I mean, you said we have three to four spots locked up, and then Felix, you know, he's played a lot. He's played, he had a, he's played a bunch of times. So even if, you know, I want, I want, it'll be interesting who they, who they do put back there. I hope they don't convert. They try to make Fry stay out there. I want him to go back to corner. They did say they were going to make him play corner this year, but I hope they stick to their word and let him stay. I think they will, um, especially the impact he had as a freshman. I think they had to do it last year out of necessity. He understood that. But, um, no, I think, I think that's a solid, you know, secondary right there. I'm not going to go out and say it's great by any stretch of the imagination, but it does have potential, especially when you had a guy in Adrian Fry who was a second-team All-American. People yeah. forget that. He was a second-team All-American. So, going to be interesting to see what they do. But, Tobias, I think that's going to do it for today's show. You got anything else, man? Uh, no, just keep watching the TBT. I think Zach and uh, John Robertson may play tomorrow or tomorrow or Wednesday. So, just keep watching that. And thank you again. 16,000 views of the podcast on Facebook. Unbelievable yeah, stuff. Unbelievable stuff. And then be sure to go check out the new merch on GunsUpNation.com. And I believe – I'll, I'll go ahead and leak this. Michael said that T-shirts are coming soon. Yeah. So that'll be fun. There's going to be more than masks on the website, but be sure to go check that out. And then another huge thanks to the sponsor of today's podcast, H2O Floats. Be sure to go get your Raider Red float over at H2Ofloats.com. But for Tobias Bass, you can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxfield. You can follow me at RCMB323. And be sure to go follow all the Guns Up Nation accounts now on Instagram. We're trying to get that cloud up over there. But be sure to go like and follow on Facebook and obviously follow on Twitter. We'll catch y'all next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the fan page administrators, podcast hosts, and fans, and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. We are proud to support Texas Tech, its students, alumni, and fans.